Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in to Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. Donovan Mitchell was traded to not the Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, by Conrad Rothbaum, who you may know better as at Knicks Illustrated on Twitter. That's at Knicks Ill, actually, on Twitter. But Knicks Illustrated is <laughs> now, the full name. Don't, don't make me come on strict and roll to like correct you. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Conrad? I'm good. I was asked this morning how all Knicks fans are doing with this trade. And uh, I wonder, I wonder, you know, because we're, we're a fractured group. But my response was, I think we're doing okay, given the amount that leaked that we were prepared to give up. I think we feel like we dodged a bullet. Is that safe to say? Before we get started, I need to make an announcement that the Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland. Every Friday that I do with Prez, you get the bonus edition this week because he's on for Monday too. Uh, you also get access to the Strickland Mailbag hosted by Andrew Steele every other week, the Doug Bag. You also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never, never, never stops. There are further tiers. There's a non-dart here that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, or I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get wonderful premium articles, weekly articles from Jack Huntley, Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the biz. Also guest pieces, uh, Jeffrey Rasmussen had a wonderful one last week. Check that out. Uh, there are further tiers. There is a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with it variety of additional benefits like listening in on pod recordings and merchandise discounts and even potentially co-hosting a podcast one day alongside yours truly whether you choose to subscribe or not none of this would be possible without you so without further ado let's get started yeah i mean i'm kind of struggling to figure out what's true and not true i don't buy the Woj thing anymore i don't buy the knicks had rj quickly two unprotected first two swaps two seconds and we're willing to toss another protected first out in the deal and then trade another first to move Evan Fournier to a third team. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't buy that. But I we really should, don't. We should, before we go forward though, like what, there is so much going around that it's like, what is, so th- this is the truth. So this is what I think is definitely true. The Knicks definitely offered RJ Barrett two unprotected first and Evan Fournier's contract. For Donovan Mitchell. I don't think there's any debate about that. I don't think there's any shred of doubt. Um, that was on the table. I think that was forever on the table. If Utah had said, yes, that deal is done, Donovan Mitchell is a Nick. I don't doubt that. And people can feel about that, how they want to feel about it. I think Donovan Mitchell for RJ Baird and two first, which basically that is that deal. That to me is like, you know, you can love RJ Baird. 
But you also can't look at that deal and be like, that's insane. That's crazy. Why would the Knicks do that? If, you, if you're saying that, then, then I would suggest you should be expecting the Knicks to make the playoffs next year. Because what you're saying is you think R.J. Barrett is an all-star caliber player. That's what you think. Like that, that, that has to be the standard at that point. If you're saying that trade is insane, then you think R.J. Barrett is an all-star caliber player in his own right and paying a premium on top of it to just exchange him for an all-star caliber player at nominally a different position uh, isn't worth the transaction. That's fine. But that's what you're that's what you're saying. Okay. I think that was offered. And you know, there's variations. I think some people think like, you know, Macri said they offered three protected first with it. I've heard two protected first. I think Shams may have said that. I, let's just say two or three. Fine. They offer two. Like, I don't think those things matter either. Like materially the trade is the unprotected picks and RJ and Fournier for Donovan Mitchell. That was hundred percent offered. I think that's fact. I also generally buy, and again, I am the world's biggest fan of this player. I think generally I buy that Utah said put Grimes in the deal. The Knicks said no, we'll put in quickly. I buy that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll talk about what I I have a I'll, I'll just say this before I continue. I have a bigger issue with their player evaluation in in these discussions <laughs> yes. than I have with than I have with their process. I don't think the process is bad. The process kind of like Makes sense. It's just the player eval that I'm having a trouble, difficult time with. Anyway, I think they offered quickly in the deal. I buy that. That is like I don't doubt that. I think they put they put the seconds in the deal. Why do they care about the second round picks, right? You, the second round picks aren't going to be what stops you from trading for a guy that you're already putting in this much in the deal for, right? I think right. that's fair to say. I believe Begley reported that they offered they in this package, right? This RJ package. They the third protected pick that they offered to the Jazz was actually that Milwaukee protected pick, which is the 2025 top four protected pick, I believe. If that's the case, and like, like, let's be real, that's basically the main, like, the quickly inclusion and the third pick, those are the things that I'm like, whoa, that's, and then, and then you add two swaps, right? Like, I don't think they agreed to the swaps. I don't know that they agreed to a third protected pick of, I don't think it was their own. Maybe it was their own. I don't know. But like, like to me, the only things I feel very confident about are the two unprotected, RJ and quickly and Evan Fournier, who doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't think anybody cares. Oh my God. How could we have included Evan Fournier in this deal? Like <laughs> he broke the next three point record. What are you talking about? <laughs> but like, like that, I so where I think it's difficult to have this conversation is I think there's a difference between I think their player eval is wrong and they were offering up too much for Mitchell, even though it didn't get accepted, obviously, versus I think they are insane and crazy. Because I don't think it's an insane and crazy offer, I think it's a wrong offer, I think it's too much for Donovan Mitchell, and I wouldn't have done it. But I also think us as fans, especially like I think most people that listen to this podcast, um, in general, I feel like most people that are plugged into like the Knicks podcast world and shit like that, like I think they, for most of us, we are higher on RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly than fans of other teams for sure. 
but also probably like most people in and around the league. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you were polling execs of other teams and even probably the Knicks, right? I mean, definitely the Knicks. We know what they, we know to some extent what they offered. I feel like if you were putting these, if you were comparing them in tiers or something, right? Quickly would be on a tier. RJ would be on a tier above him. Again, I just want to point out this is not my tiering. These are what I'm perceiving. Well, you, you would put you would put quickly giant golf RJ. <laughs> no, quickly is like you know he's MVP of the league. Um, no, but I think it would be like quickly RJ's in a tier, maybe a two tiers above him, and then I think Mitchell is like two tiers above RJ minimum. That's how oh, I think yeah, yeah. they're viewed around the league. Like mm-hmm. that's just what I think. I I obviously we can't prove this, but. Uh, let's let, I mean, let's put it this way. If the Knicks traded RJ right now, let's say they just were like, you know what? Fuck this guy. We signed him to an extension, but we immediately regret this. We want to get him out of New York. Like, do you think any team is offering up three unprotected first and two swaps? Even if they're, even if like RJ might is their, you know, finishing piece, let's say like they're already a super competitive team. Like they're not going to get that offer. So the fact that like a team was willing to offer that for Mitchell, I mean, I think they could have gotten like a bunch of teams would offer at least two unprotected firsts for Mitchell, right? Are we sure that there are a bunch of teams that would offer two unprotected firsts for RJ Barrett? I I'm not I'm not yeah, comfortable no. saying that. I don't and so that. like and so like ultimately, what I'm left with is is again, I disagree with the player eval, but I would venture to guess their player evaluation of these guys is a lot closer to league consensus than we think. I will also say that if the full parameters of the Woj deal are true, which I, I want to make it clear, I don't think they are. I think Woj is full of shit. I think he's been hindsight reporting everything because he's God knows who he's carrying water for. I don't even think he remembers anymore. Um, but if the full parameters of that deal were true, right, the quickly RJ to unprotecteds, two swaps, uh, another protected pick, a top which would have been top. Like he reported it was a Knicks pick, top five protected that they were asking for, uh, and then Evan Fournier being dumped to another team at the cost of a Knicks first, or not a Knicks first, but one of their protected picks um, for expiring contracts, which would be sent to Utah. Like, if all of that is true, and the Jazz turned it down, they are stupid, as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's a better offer than they got. I don't think those Cavs, like, I think the Cavs picks suck. I'm, I'm going to flat out say that. That team now has three guys that have made all-star teams that are 25 or younger, and they have a 20-year-old who looks like a generational talent, as far as I'm concerned. Like, this is the team that Danny Ainge decided, you know what, I'm going to short their future. That was what he did. <laughs> and I'm sorry, like, I think that's fucking stupid as shit, and I think he's a fucking moron. I think he's not even he's not even a moron. He's he's a fucking pick whore. This is what I've been saying since day one. He is a fucking slut for picks. He will do anything to get picks. That's all he wants. He's disgusting. He's slimy. He is a gross human being and individual. I wish him no success ever. He is disgusting. And he made a disgusting trade for picks because that's all he cares about. And I don't want to hear about, oh, Sexton, they can flip him. Oh, Laurie, Mar- Laurie Markkinen sucks, okay? Nobody gave a shit about Laurie Markkinen five seconds ago. The day, like, five, like a three seconds before the parameters of that trade were announced, not a soul 
Not a single soul that follows the NBA was like, you know what I want my team to do? Let's go get Laurie Markkinen. That's the move. This this back, guy's back up for back up for Laurie Markkinen. Back up for I should say when Kevin Love isn't healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's with like like nobody's saying that. Literally the entire league. Okay, let's let's be let's let's put all the cards on the table. The entire league had the opportunity this offseason to make a run at Colin Sexton. Right, that, and and the Cavs dared him to do it. The Cavs were like, okay. You want a $20 million a year contract? Fine. Go get one. Go get one. Prove it. Show us that you're worth that. Prove to us you can get that contract. He couldn't do it. So now all of a sudden these guys are awesome assets that Utah can flip. Give me a fucking break. All right? Just shut the fuck up. Like, I don't want to hear it. Oh, and I forgot. They got Ochai Agbaji, who was the 12th pick in the draft. Like, or 13th pick. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Like, are, are we for real right now? Really, like, was anybody in the league like, you know what would be a great headline piece for Donovan Mitchell? Oh, Chayag Baji. That's the guy. That's the one. Like, no. Like, so I don't want to hear the shit about, like, oh, fucking Dian- Danny Ainge did it again. Like, he is obsessed with picks. That's all he wants to do. He just wants to short team's future. He's a short seller. Okay, that's what he is. He's a short selling piece of shit asshole who makes money when other things fail. And you know what he's going to do? He's not going to make money on this. I'm, I'll tell you that. I think that trade is going to be worthless. Those swaps aren't going to mean shit. The picks are... Like, I think... Let's say Donovan Mitchell walks in 2025 in free agency, right? Wherever he goes. And I'm not talking about, let's wait, let's... The Knicks are going to get him. No, I'm I'm just saying, if he just decided, fuck Cleveland, I don't want to get the fuck out of here. Which, you know, a lot of people tend to feel that way about the city of Cleveland. Um... Do we really think that that team is going to be like all of a sudden be in the gutter? Mobley is going to be twenty three then. <laughs> like Garland's going to be twenty five, and Allen will be twenty seven. Really? Like this is the thing? Like you know what I mean? I- I'm sorry. And and Garland, by the way, he's under contract through until what? It's twenty twenty. So he'll be he's under contract through twenty twenty eight. Okay, already locked up, locked in. Mobley's almost certain to be under contract through the decade. And Allen is locked up through 2026, I believe. This is the team that that Danny Ainge, master trader, oh, wow, you got all these picks. Congrats, bud. Yep, congrats, you got all these picks. Round of applause. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I feel like the Knicks offer, the, it was, so there's multiple sides of this, and I'll shut the fuck up so you can talk. Um, one, I think the Knicks made a legit offer, whether it's the extreme Woj one or the one that I outlined I feel comfortable that like they for sure made. I think they made a strong and legitimate offer, okay? Two, it's not the Knicks' fault that the world went crazy after the Gobert trade, and everybody thinks every star now needs to like move for you know heaven and earth and nothing less. Uh, and then third is I'm concerned about their player eval. I'm not, I still think their process seems pretty clean to me. Uh, It's not the process that bugs me. And then four, like, Danny Ainge is a disgusting loser, and I hope that he fucking fails in every endeavor that he ever undertakes in his life, Um, and I hope that he goes bankrupt. (laughs) I posed it to a group chat I'm in, uh, if anyone wanted me to say anything on the mic today. 
but and uh, there were some choice words about Danny Ainge that people wanted me to provide, but I feel like you covered it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> for me, I mean, I tweeted about this, but I feel like a few weeks ago, I was starting to feel like I just didn't see this happening because I felt like for us, it didn't make sense for us to offer more than we had heard was being offered. And for the jazz, it didn't really make sense for them to come down more. I mean, I know that there was all this consternation about, you know, Oh, they don't want to bring him into training camp and blah, blah, blah. They don't, they care about Will Hardy's feelings and all these things. But I, I, at the end of the day, I felt like the most important thing for the jazz was to get really good value for Donovan Mitchell. Like that was going to determine this trade and the go bear trade were too consequential for their franchise for them to care about an awkward training camp or an awkward start to the season. So I felt like, okay, like, and, and on top of that, obviously they've got Danny Ainge who uh, makes his reputation off of like driving hard bargains. So I was like, I just don't, cause we're for where we're at, like giving up more than B had heard, which at that time was like, it was like Obi, uh, Obi and Grimes and three picks, three unprotected picks, or it, it was like, or maybe it was, I, I felt like it was heading towards we traded Grimes and three unprotected picks and whatever conditional picks, you know, those, uh, those extra picks that we had that, that made it work or whatever. And for me, that was like, okay, that's, that's a lot to give up for us. Um, but we're putting him with RJ and all this stuff. And it doesn't make sense for us to go higher. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like it was make, it didn't make sense for the jazz to come down significantly from what they were asking for either. So it started to feel like this wasn't going to happen to me. So I I was, I was surprised that a trade went down with Cleveland because I don't know, it just, it just felt very random. (laughs) Like we, we had briefly heard that they were rumored, but like, it seemed like they had walked away and then suddenly there's the Woj tweet that, that they, they, they had landed him. Um, but I wasn't surprised that the Knicks didn't wind up getting him. And the way I feel about it, I mean, you're, you're clearly eloquently covering it, but Knicks fans should feel like it was very good that we didn't make the steal. Like I will say that there's like a whole group of people right now they always come out of the woodworks after any Knicks news leaks or after any Knicks news breaks. And they're like, it's the LOL Knicks crowd, basically. There's a whole other subset of them on both sides, from Knicks fans and from this like crowd, that are like, the Knicks fumbled the bag. They had this deal, and they should have they jumped on it. They should have locked up Donovan Mitchell, and they would have had him for years and blah, blah, blah. And to me, I think those people are idiots. I'll just say that plain and simple. Like, I I don't think that this deal made any sense for us to match. Like, I don't think it made sense for us to go three unprotect- unprotected, two swaps. I don't think it made sense for us to do, like, what we're saying. Like, I don't think it made sense for us to do the deal that they were comfortable doing. What, what it feels like to me is that in the last couple of weeks, the Knicks came up significantly in what they were willing to give up 
by putting RJ. I mean, it seems like RJ was in various versions of the deal, but it seems like their strongest offer of RJ and quickly and too unprotected and uh, a top five protected or whatever it was. Yeah, that, like whatever the protected pick they are. Let's, yeah. let's just say for argument's sake, it was their own top five protected pick. Let's just say that. That, yeah. that, that makes no sense for us to have done. And they were comfortable doing it. And I, I just think like, let's look at the roster, what that would have been if that deal had been accepted. Like it would have been Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, maybe, maybe you kept Grimes. So he's well, yeah, Grimes, Grimes starts. Yeah. Grimes starts Randall and Mitch. <laughs> and then we'll talk, then, we'll, we'll talk about the Randall of it all. I mean, this is honestly the most troubling part, Schwinn. Like, what is their plan with Randall? Like, like they, they want to move Randall. Are like, we I, sh- okay, you're you're I, sure they yes. want to move Randall? Okay, they want to move Julius Randall. You're assuring me this because this feels a lot to me like they're like we're cool Look, with going with Randall and Donovan, yeah, which is it, like it, the it least behooves, inspiring lineup I've ever heard of. <laughs> it behooves them if they want to trade Randall to pretend like they don't. Like, like it, it's not valuable to telegraph they want to trade Randall, right? Because, like, teams aren't stupid. They already probably know the Knicks want to trade Randall. But acting, like, being desperate about it is not beneficial to them, right? Right. Um, well, what the Knicks have to do to get rid of Randall is to take advantage of another desperate team that really means... I mean, the one I hear a lot is Charlotte, but I'm just concerned, I mean... I, I just think that that team had no future, especially having fro- like gotten, given up all their assets basically in this deal because it was going to be an extra pick or two to move uh, Fournier to a different team. Yeah, see, I don't – that, that's why I find this entire Woj thing ridiculous. There's, I, I don't think there's a chance in hell the Knicks were like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll give up another first to move Fournier. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that sounds – Crazy. Well, they were gonna well, that, that would have had to have happened in the three days since in between between this Donovan Mitchell deal and between when RJ extended. Well that's that's what I'm saying. Like it's bullshit. Like I don't buy that for a second. Because the other thing on top of this is like they they were going to offer basically like Utah this this entire thing, oh they couldn't they wouldn't take Fournier because all his money. He's got a fucking shorter contract than Laurie Markkinen. What are we talking about? Like, he's got a shorter contract. He's got a shorter contract than Colin Sexton, who they decided to pay four years, seventy-two yeah. million. I, I don't. Like, it's bullshit. I, I, I think that's why I, I think it's bullshit. I think if it's true, I, I, this is what I think. I think a lot of that. I think there's a discrepancy between what Woj is saying the Knicks were willing to do versus what Utah wanted them to do to make the deal. Because what Woj is reporting as what the Knicks agreed to do, to me, if the Knicks agreed to do that, the Jazz would have done the deal. Like, they would have done the deal. You know what I mean? Like, Wait, what, really? So what, what deal would they have done, you're saying? It's the 48 to a third team, RJ quickly, two and a two half swaps, picks. Yeah, yeah two, like two picks, a top five protected pick, and then... Two swaps. Like if they offered that, they do the deal. I don't think there's a doubt. I'm sorry. The, I'm the sorry. swaps are the swaps are the thing that really makes me feel like that is a terrible deal. <laughs> well, yeah, the swap the swaps make me think it's terrible, but that's also why I think it's bullshit. Like, the, like we know for a fact, right? This is what we know for a fact. Their key 
in any dimensional trade, whether however we feel about it, was to have enough pick capital left over so that down the line, because we all know that Donovan Mitchell, as good as he is, he is not the guy, right? They needed to keep shit in the chamber so that they could trade for the guy when the guy becomes available. The swaps prevent you from doing that because automatically your picks are devalued. You know what I mean? Like, we know this. And you might not even be able to trade those picks, right? Because they're, like, sandwiched in between the unprotected that you already gave up. It's I, I don't think this is real. Like, I really don't. I Just, like, looking at the logic of everything that was reported this offseason, I just don't buy it. Like, what I think was the case is the Knicks were willing to offer a variety of different things. You know, a variety of different packages, but where they could never meet bridge the gap is they were never doing beyond two unprotected picks, which is why I think there was all this smoke about the Lakers. Oh, the Lakers are going to be a third team. The Lakers will be a third team. Because the Lakers have those unprotected picks in 2027 and 2029, right? And I think, like, that is the tell. Like, I just don't buy that, like, the Knicks went from, like, oh, like, they don't. All of the reporting, if you look at it from the New York side, which is not Woj, which is not Shams, it's Begley. If you look at all of the reporting, he indicated all summer, going back to, like, he had a report randomly about Donovan Mitchell before they even did the Gobert trade. Like, I don't, people don't remember this, but he had a report of, like, they don't think Mitchell is, like, they, like they are very conscious of not, you know, giving up so much in a trade for Mitchell that they could not then add pieces you know what i mean like which is this is another part of it that we should talk about too because what i'm unclear on is it feels like this narrative had been building for a while and i don't know if this is just a a media created narrative or anything but like we had poached all of these guys from utah right like johnny bryant and walt perrin and a few other people and the whole thing was like oh yeah they're they're planning on making a big run at donovan mitchell but then when the time came to make that big run at Donovan Mitchell, they didn't they didn't fork over every asset for. Him. You know what I mean? Like they they had an accurate idea of what he was worth as a as a as a player, right? Like well ultimately like like I think the offer they made is like other than Tony Jones bald idiot fucking loser from Utah. Uh <laughs> Like other than him, I think you're just anybody, upset he blocked you. <laughs> yes, so pissed. But like, I think anybody, and I, I to be fair, like I think the actual side. I didn't. I don't know. I'm sure Stephen A. Smith was is yelling about this somewhere that they didn't mortgage the future for Donovan Mitchell. But like, I actually think most of the reporting around this from the Knicks side has been pretty rational. Like, like I, I think the consensus is the Knicks were right to not pull the trigger on matching what Cleveland offered or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's the right takeaway. Like, they were right to not meet that price. Now, what we need to figure out, and this is where, like, this is the important thing for us as fans to really make a determination about the front office is, like, what were they actually willing to give up? And, I, and I'm and i sorry, like, I don't buy the Woj thing. It just doesn't track logically. Like, it, it just, it really doesn't. It sounds like a complete departure um, from... Everything well, who, that was reported. My previously. question is who who benefits from that departure from reality? <laughs> like it it looks bad. It obviously looks bad for the Knicks that they offered it, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion. And it it 
you know, RJ and quickly can't be happy that they were being mentioned in it. And, uh, but for Utah, it looks really bad that they didn't take it in my opinion. And the See, offer like, they took was inferior. Like, so where I think for us as fans, RJ quickly to a protected first Fournier, not could because as we discussed, Fournier is, you know, you can't, you can't move that guy. Yeah. Um, Untouchable. <laughs> That's the only one. The only thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, Tibbs, he's Tibbs's guy. <laughs> um, he's like, uh, he, he's like, like if Tibbs is Colonel Jessup, he's Lieutenant Kendrick. <laughs> he's Kiefer Sutherland. He's Markinson. He's Mills and uh, and Tibbs is Somerset and anything I can do for him, anything. Um, no, but like, like I think for us as fans, that offer in and of itself is it is like we it's concerning. Like I, it, it is very concerning because I think our evaluation is obviously different from their evaluation. Okay, I don't think it's concerning. To like most people around the league, and I don't mean just like I mean I we don't know what execs are and what we think, but like just like if you look at like national writers and stuff, most of them don't. They're not like taking him to task for even putting that on the table, right? They're actually like, yeah, but you know he walked away at the right at the right point, and I'm like <laughs> I'm like I, I'm like struggling to to balance those two things because I'm like mm-hmm. I feel like that's way too much, but also like. These are the same people that love to kill the Knicks, and I feel like they're not killing the Knicks at all. They're actually kind of like praising them, like they're like yeah. they're like no, no, the, the Knicks did the right thing. And I'm like, Seth Partnow, is that you, buddy? <laughs> and like you- Seth Partnow and your DMs being like, you have a really good take on this, friend. <laughs> um, no, but like it's so like I don't know. Like I, I I think it looks bad. I think it looks a lot worse to us than it does to like most people i, I understand i don't know how to understand yeah. that but the, to me it, it's interesting that there seems to be a consistency between the two sides on how they view the knicks players you know like they we feel that quickly is probably the second best prospect on the knicks and rj is the first i mean i think that i don't know if you've been public with this but you may be higher even on quickly than you are with rj but the, I am. Um, I, I've said it. I think quickly is okay, our best. Yeah. I don't know. I don't um, want to block your spot here. <laughs> but it's fine. It's but fine. It's, I mean, look, like it, it's the way I'll put it is this. I understand that's a minority opinion, and I also like, like I'm not. If you're like, I think RJ's way better. I'm not gonna like. That's fine. Like, I, yeah, it's yeah. not. I mean, it's cool. It's, it's dude. A whole, that's a whole other pod that we can get into. But the, the, I think that I think generally, you know, we think of those two as the top two, and it seems like they both viewed RJ as like, as the top, first of all, as maybe a cut above like the Sexton tier that they wound up getting. Um, And they viewed Grimes as higher, both of them really valued Grimes, which is really interesting. I mean, that's something that we should talk about because if, if they really value Grimes this much, seeing him as not a sweetener in the deal, seeing him as not the second big asset in the deal, like that's a deal breaker. You have to get rid of Fournier. I mean, here's, here's the thing to me, like 
here's the thing. Like what, what is demoralizing about this deal? I mean, I'm glad that we made, I'm glad that we didn't wind up making the deal. I feel like I've been pretty clear about that, but what is demoralizing to me is knowing that we weren't really in a class of team that it made sense for us to make this deal. Cause I didn't, I, even with the two picks, even with, and before I knew that RJ was in it, it was like, okay, maybe it becomes OB and Grimes and the two unprotected picks and whatever other picks, conditional picks we have to throw in. I still struggled to see a lot of great scenarios for us where we became a contender after giving so, that up. Okay, so, th- like, and that's why I just don't think, like, I, it's why I cannot reconcile myself with, like, they gave the third pick they offered was their own top five protected. Like, I don't, I, I just, either they didn't offer that or like it was the Milwaukee pick, which is what like Begley is kind of saying. And like, mm-hmm. because the only way it makes sense, right? The only way I can understand it is they clearly think Donovan Mitchell is a star that he's already a star, right? Like, this is not like we think RJ Barrett can be a star. We think Emmanuel quickly could be a star. It is Donovan Mitchell is a star. So we are willing to pay a premium to get him. And that premium is we I, I don't think by the way, I don't think this means that like they don't like their their young guys. You can like your young guys and just be like, we like this guy better. Like mm-hmm. that's a normal that's how trades work, right? Um but like so I, I think they I think they like RJ. You don't pay RJ four years, 120 million, right? Like if you don't like him, but mm-hmm. they don't think he's perfect, and they don't think no, he's I mean, RJ, a RJ, star. Yeah, RJ's a flawed player. I mean, we can all admit that, and I think that things change once you, you know, when you go from your rookie deal to making, you know, over twenty five million a year. Like, I think for better or worse, RJ is going to have to start producing now that he got this big contract. The the flip side of it, though, too, is that I. It's interesting because I talk to people out here. It's not, I'm not really surrounded by Knicks fans out in LA. I'm surrounded by different sorts of people. And it feels like since um, since RJ got that money, people are starting to be like, RJ's good. <laughs> you know, it's like the money has changed their opinion of RJ because now the ESPN graphics are, are being like, well, you know, he did average 20 points last, almost 20 <laughs> points last year. And he's only under 22. And it's like, yeah, we've been saying that. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how much he's being paid, but. I do think that the, the conversations will start to change once he's he's making big money and he can really only be a single major asset in a trade if we make it, you know. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 
See show notes for details. But to get back to your thing, like I, I think that the logic is that they felt, okay, it hurts to give up RJ and quickly and two picks and, you know, whatever. I, I was about to say Fournier, but I don't think they think it hurts to give up Fournier. Um, <laughs> it hurts to give up all these things. But we get Donovan Mitchell in-house. He's a star. And we will have the ability to trade multiple firsts, up to three firsts, in two years. And then we will be able to have a super competitive team because Donovan Mitchell plus another star in New York, it's going to be great, right? Like that's, that's the, and also in this deal, we still keep Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin. Um, and, you know, maybe they have a Randall deal in their back pocket or something, right? Like that would be the version of what they are thinking that makes sense to me. Now, if they were just like, we just want Donovan Mitchell and we think him and Julius are going to be awesome together and with Brunson here, like totally cool and fine backcourt that will definitely work together defensively. Like, like, you know, like if that's their logic, then it's concerning. Um, and I think the other element to this is I 100%, I, I think I said this at the time, I don't think they thought Donovan Mitchell was going to be on the market this summer. I don't think anybody did because Utah. You don't think that when they made that. You don't think that when they made that uh, draft night trade of trading back and getting. No, that was for Brunson. That was for Brunson. They cleared cap space for Brunson. Like I don't think that had anything to do with Donovan Mitchell. Like the Mm. protected first to them. Like the way I think of it is, they wanted to clear cap space for 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 uh, Brunson. They also needed to dump Kemba. But we know them. They like to find value where they can find it. So they're like, you know what? If we can dump the cap space and give up a bunch of seconds to effectively turn our 11th pick into three future protected ones, yeah, fuck it. Let's do that. Like, I think that's what they thought. But it was all for Brunson. Like, the point was to clear cap space for Brunson. I don't think it had anything to do with Donovan Mitchell. It's um, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It felt like, to me once yeah. Donovan Mitchell came on the market, I was like, "Oh, suddenly we are very prepared for this deal with all these picks," which actually didn't wind up. Those picks didn't wind up being worth anything. It felt like at the end of the day, the, the thing is, the the protected picks will never move the needle in a star. Tr- like they're the sweeteners, right? So if you had gone to three unprotected, then you can throw two protected in there. And it's like, Oh my God, Danny Ainge got five picks. Holy shit. What a Which is what I, that's what I thought I was yeah. heading for. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but like, it, it seems like, and this is like, again, I don't, I'm making it very clear. I don't buy this Woj report for a reason. Like they, it just doesn't make any sense. Like they were so adamant about not giving up the third pick unprotected or even like a, and like a light protection, even, even a light protection doesn't, help them because that still locks the pick it still locks the pickup like they can't like so if they do 2023 2025 2027 right let's say those are the three picks they trade they still can't trade three picks except so the one time they can trade three picks would be on draft night 2024 they could use the pick that, that they get in that draft and then attach 2029 and 2031 to have three picks in a trade but other than that, they can't trade three firsts until after 2025. Like, that, that's crazy. Like, they, I don't think they want to do that, and they never wanted to do that. So I just don't buy this entire, like, logic of, like, oh, they would 
they were going to top five protect their own pick and send it out. But like, it's just, I'm sorry, none of it makes sense when you play it out. Like, I think Woj is full of shit. What I think happened is they did the offer that I talked about, right? Which is Ro, Ro or sorry, Rose, RJ, IQ, two first, Fournier going out. That was their top. I think that was like, and they probably had variations of this, right? Okay, we'll put Grimes in instead of RJ and a protected first. I think the protected first are probably willing to like, you know, you can negotiate that. I don't think they were like, no, we can't give up any of those. Like, you know, those are there to be added as sweeteners. So I think they would definitely have done like two or three of those. What I think they ultimately were never going to do is that third pick. They were just never going to do it. And like, that's the entire holdup. I think they were trying to find a way to get the Lakers to sweeten the pot and all these kind of things, and it just never came to fruition. And, you know, at, I think they did. I buy the deadline thing. I buy that they set a deadline. Leon was like, look, it might have been mutual too, to be honest. Both sides could have been like, look, we need to get this deal done, or, you know, what the fuck are we doing? Um, and I think Leon was like, all right, well, we haven't gotten the deal done. I'm, I'm giving RJ this contract. Like, that's what it is. That's what we're doing. And at that point, Utah might have been like, you know what? Then we're gonna, you know, well let's let's see, let's go back to Cleveland and see if they'll do this thing that we want. Um, and Cleveland did it. Yeah, I mean they should have done. I actually wonder if Cleveland offered it and they were like, "This is the deal, and we will do this deal right now." But if you hang up the phone, we're not doing the deal. So tell us right now because. The reporting is that the Knicks never got a chance to counter, but I also think like if the like if the Knicks got a chance to counter, they would have been like, okay, cool, we're not doing that. Have a good day. You know what I mean? Like it it's doesn't it doesn't. I don't think they were going to do that. So to get back to it though, um, look, you didn't make this trade, right? So even like whatever we think about like them including RJ and IQ, I don't think that means they don't value them. If anything, it's like they thought those guys were good enough to potentially move the needle to get Donovan Mitchell. So that's some kind of value they're placing on them. Um, but you didn't make this trade. You bring all your young guys back. You clearly value them to some extent because you weren't willing to put all of them in the deal or anything. But there is a big, fat asshole of an albatross <laughs> sitting in the room at the four starting. Yeah. And like, so, and this like, is this thing. is the thing. Like, yeah. whether we traded for Mitchell or not, the Randall thing was always my. That was I didn't care about Mitchell. I didn't because even if they traded for Mitchell, I promise. Like, if they could have traded for Mitchell for like Hartenstein, and I would have been like, "Cool, what's going on with Julius?" Like. <laughs> Like that, like this offseason is a total failure. Yeah, they don't move Julius. I mean, that's how I legitimately feel, though. Like, I don't think it makes any sense to bring him back. It is on them to find a way to move this guy because, especially now, you didn't get Mitchell. You got all these kids coming back now. The way forward, the way to sell this team, the way to like get everybody to be like, "Fuck Donovan Mitchell, I'm all in." Like. Get rid of this guy and play your young dudes.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.